Howdy friends, I am Molly, your host today, and I would like to welcome you back to the No Boundaries International podcast. So as a reminder, this podcast is meant to be used as a tool to help equip you in your walk with Jesus in the areas of restoration, of training, and of outreach. So it's very fun because we do this by taking a look at three kind of different things. So first off, we use a combination of exploring biblical principles, and then we take a closer look at concepts found in our Journey of Restoration CPR e-course, and then we have tons and tons of discussions surrounding what it means to follow Jesus in these three areas. So for today's episode, we are going to welcome back Dr. Tracy Rogers as well. Woohoo! As we wrap up our mini series that comes right out of a devotional that was written by Dr. Tracy. So, just to remind you guys, she's the executive director of our No Boundaries International Amarillo base. And then, as per usual, we have our very own Sandy Orchard. Woohoo! And Sandy <laughs> is the co founder and vice president of No Boundaries International. And I like to call her our very own Bible geek. <laughs> so, thank you guys for being here. I'm super excited for today's session. Um, we are too. That's good. <laughs> So I think before we get started, we need to do a little bit of a recap covering what we've talked about so far. So, so far we've discussed that the first episode establishes like that we are meant for relationship with God, that God wants a relationship with us and then everything else will stem from this truth. So we talked about how we were actually created for relationship with our creator to know him in an experiential way and not just know things about him. And then in the second episode, we talked about how if we're really made for this relationship, then there has to be a way that he's communicating with us and that we're communicating with him. So in that episode, we kind of looked at how we know that God still speaks to us and then all the ways that he does it. And then we kind of learned and talked about how to really discern if it's the voice of God and then how important it is to act on what we hear. So then moving on. In the third episode, we talked about passion. I loved that one. And we talked about how passion drives us either towards the things of God or away from them. And then just in the last episode, we looked at the things that refuel us and the things that drain us and why that matters. And then how he just created us all differently and how we recharge different and the things that drain us are all different, but we all need each other. So then that's going to land us right here today for the very last session, and we're going to look at an excerpt from Dr. Tracy's devotional where she is now going to invite the reader to dream, to dream about how if they could do anything, what would it be? So Sandy, will you go ahead and read to us? Sure. So it says, now that you have a clearer picture of who you are and how to hear from God, let's spend some uh, spend a little time daydreaming. Thinking about the passion God has placed in you, what would you do if you could do anything? Ponder that as we take a deeper look at dreaming about something bigger than ourselves. For some, they are afraid to dream because they don't want to be disappointed, causing them to say, well, what's the point? Some have become so complacent that they almost feel like it's wrong to dream. They typically hold on to the scripture that tells us that we are to be content with what we have. Then others are too consumed by dreaming and, and they lose sight of reality. When I say, let's dream, I want us to dream according to his will and his plan for our lives. Think about Ephesians 1.8. 
Now think about the verse, so many uh, quote part of that I can do all things in Christ Jesus. They tend to stop there and forget that it says according to his will. Even reflect on the scripture that says he will give you the desires of your heart. People take that to mean that if I want God, that if I want it, God will give it to me. And that's not what he's talking about. It's when our desires line up with him. You are thinking on things that he tells you to. Whatever is true and the outcome of those who are going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. When you can dream like that, you can truly do all things through Christ. Look at the picture on the front of the study for a moment. Look at the amount of cloud coverage. If we look at things from earth, all we can see are the clouds above us. We see all the things that stop us from seeing the sun. When God puts something in our hearts, often we look at all the barriers. Sometimes it's, look, it's like looking at all the clouds, and we can't see the sun, the S-O-N. But look, look where the eagle is soaring. He's soaring above the clouds. It's the most beautiful sight you've ever seen. There might be some turbulence to get through the clouds, but once we go where he leads, everything looks different. When we look at things, shift our perspective. Let's look from heaven to earth instead of earth to heaven. The view from heaven is breathtaking and beautiful. God wants you to trust him. Break through the challenges and obstacles, recognizing the beauty he created you for. Reflect on the scripture that says he came so that we might have an abundant life. Often we spend so much time focused on salvation and eternity that we never take time to enjoy and reflect on on the abundant life or what it truly means to hope in the Lord. Those two things go together along with uh, God will give us the desires of our heart. Picture a pyramid. We have to have the foundation of our salvation. Once we have that foundation, then we can move up and learn to trust Him, putting our hope in Him, casting our fear on Him. That leads us to the abundant life, where we persevere, run with endurance, walk in that perfect life, not being perfect, yet thinking on things that are true. Once we have that level down, we soar with eagles, finding joy in every situation. The Bible doesn't tell us to rejoice for all situations, but rather in all situations. When we can do that, recognizing that all things work together, keep in mind that doesn't mean it was God's plan for murder or abuse or hurt or heartache when those things come. And we're, we are to remember John sixteen thirty three, Know that the God of the universe is going to bring beauty out of ashes. What is God calling you to do? Will you soar with the eagles above the clouds? What's your something bigger? Yeah. I love that this section literally goes right along with our journey of restoration e-course. Like literally a whole section of our routine is this, is to look at something bigger and outside of ourselves. And I love this because we're actually, that's what we're created for. Like we were made to do something outside of us. I mean, like we're called to be like Jesus and to live how he lived. If he's our example, then we would follow in the ways and in the teachings and in the style that he did things, right? And if you look at what Jesus did throughout his entire time on earth, he was giving, mm-hmm. like he gave and he served. And if you read then in Philippians 2, it literally told us that he took on servanthood. Like Jesus was and still is the biggest and greatest servant of all time. And when we look at something bigger. And whenever we look at what we're called to do, it will always involve laying down our own lives and service to the people or the people group around us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What do y'all think? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, though, so what you're saying, what you would just describe there, so Jesus, the Son of God, so God himself through Jesus came down here on this earth, so he took off his his like kingly robes and his crown, he all those those things that um, that come with being a king, all the privilege, all the you know surrounding yourself with beautiful things and and the uh, all the power and all those things that uh, would involve being a king. He put those things aside in order to serve us, to serve us like little tiny humans that screw tends to screw things up and mm-hmm. and we see him wrongly. We don't even understand when he comes down here to the earth and we you know uh, don't even welcome him or want him that sort of thing. And he came down here to serve us. So he comes. He came in the form of a servant, just to just to love us, to heal us, to redeem us, uh, and to save us. And you know, and it describes like in the New Testament the time that he was physically here on Earth. But really, I mean, that's what he does in all of our hearts for like thousands of years and for billions of people. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's an amazing thing to think about that God that a God a God would come and do that. Yeah. Mm. And that's where, like, if we're not, sometimes we get so in our heads thinking that he's here, like, pointing the finger mm-hmm. or that he, like, came to the earth and was like, here's everything that you're doing wrong, you horrible peasants. Yeah. You yes. guys suck and there's nothing you can do correctly. <laughs> like, that's, but that's not what he did. He didn't do that at all. And, like, no. he's fully God. Like, we can't, like, in the in the personhood of Jesus, we have fully God and fully fully man and he's perfect like he's sinless he's perfect so he had every right to say hey you guys are screwing this thing up every right but he didn't but he didn't and instead he chose to put on the constraints of humanity Mm -hmm. to what to To serve us and serve us Mm -hmm. to love to offer us something different like to give us that eternal perspective and to give us living water like what and I think that, man, if we could just shift our focus a little bit or just shift our perspective on what he's actually done, and if we look at his example of what it means to serve and love others, that then that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to, if he's the example, if he was the sinless, perfect human and the only one, right? And the only one there ever was and the only one that there ever will be is Jesus. But, and not that we're called to be perfect, but we're called to love and serve how he loved. And that's just true. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think like we can't even really fully look at look at this idea of doing something bigger or look at this subject even without addressing the love, the whole love aspect. And I mean, in Matthew 22, verse 36, the disciples like literally asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And then it says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like, if these are the commands, and I, and what I know then, if these are the commands, and if we keep this command like the greatest command, then we will always be so others focused. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, 
we won't help but be able to give back and to love them and dream about how then we can bless them. But like, let's, let's think about it. Like, what does love even really mean? And so society wants to say that, that love is this sentiment or that it's a sexual act, but that's, it's not. I mean, those things can be a byproduct, but that's not inherently what, what love is. I mean, it's so much more than that. It's, it's really, it's an action and it says it's a selfless action, a selfless action. And it says for God so loved the world that he gave, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Meaning he gave his son. And as we've established, if Jesus is fully God and fully man, God gave of himself. Mm -hmm. God gave himself out in response to love. God gave as a sacrifice. But that's not how we always view love. We don't always view it through that lens of actually, this is a laying down of myself, the way that God took on the form of a human in its constraints and laid down itself to serve. So Dr. Tracy, I know that you, a lot of times, like you'll work with victims of human trafficking, right? Mm -hmm. So will you talk a little bit about how this idea of love just gets so twisted? Absolutely. So, you know, we see um, one of the things that we'll ask new volunteers when they come in is tell me a time that you've experienced unconditional love. Mm. And most people can't think of a time. Yeah. You know, I love you because of what you've, what you can give me, Mm -hmm. you know, I love you because you do what I want you to do. Yeah. Um, But really true love is going to be just like Jesus did serving others even when they're not doing what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, he died for us when we were still sinners. So we were, he knew we weren't going to always do what he wanted us to do. Yeah. And he still loved us. Mm-hmm. And so he gave us that great example, you know, and, and then the world says, well, I'm going to love you with, by giving you gifts, yeah, uh, showering you with money or things but not really serving you. I'm going to do that instead of, so I don't have to get my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you this gift. So I don't have to spend time with you. I don't have to invest in you. Yeah. I just want to give you money and you go your merry way or, or whatever that looks like, you know? And, and so many times that love looks like abuse, looks like control, yeah. looks like, let me, let me tell you what to do and how to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that's not how Jesus does it. It's not how Jesus does it. His definition it. of love. No. And so then they get, then then people think that, well, if if I if I'm obedient and I do these things, that's then, better then than earn, nothing. You earn the love. I'll earn it. And mm. you know, and they get so afraid yeah. to dream, so afraid to to trust in Jesus because the world has let them down and told them this is what love looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's shame, it's condemnation, it's you know, you did this wrong, so now I'm going to take everything away. Right. So then it's punishment. It's punishment. Like when you're not. So then the world will say like then if someone isn't meeting your definition mm-hmm. of love, then we do something to punish them for it. Yes. Or like okay, well then I'm going to react by giving the silent treatment. Or I'm going to react in 
whatever the whatever way is like yeah. well, then we're gonna yell or we're gonna be upset or we're gonna slam doors or we're gonna cuss them out like but that's not love Mm-mm. and well and we skip the you know it says love your neighbor as yourself yeah but people are so afraid to love themselves mm-hmm. you know and and i think that's where it ha- it, you know they have to recognize that jesus died for them because he believed we were worth it right and if we can't love ourselves like he did, then we're really saying, Jesus, you really didn't know what you were doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, that um, so like we have to understand that the source of all love done rightly, done according to how Jesus and God says it in the word, like that comes from God himself. Yes. And so. I think it's I think it's impactful that like when they asked uh, in Matthew 22, the disciples literally asked him, like, what's the greatest commandment? He said, the first the first and the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so it's and I think like sometimes we don't grasp the fullness of that in the sense that it's progressive. So when you learn to receive the love of Christ for what, you know, that he came down here on this earth and he died for us, for each individual. He died for me and the and the sins that I've committed to any his desire on you know is for us to be healed in that and to be saved and delivered in that process to receive that love. And then we in a relationship we love him back. And when we can receive that love and give it back to him, then the loving others becomes easy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it becomes simple and it and it doesn't become like um, the checklist of where my actions need to line up better, a whole lot better. You know what I mean? Because when, when you love God rightly and you receive his love and you love him back, yes. then it, it's a downhill flow and it affects mm-hmm. every relationship that you have. And so yeah. then it become it doesn't become work and it doesn't become a laborious thing, a heavy thing. It's going to become a natural thing out of the overflow of your heart because God's filled up your love tank and then you can give that love to to other people. Yeah. And I love that you use the word receive, mm-hmm. you know, because we can understand it. But if we don't receive that love, mm. nothing's happening. No, we still have a part to play. And that's ex- experience that love. Yes. Yeah. And Sandy, I think one of the most, probably one of the most uh, profound <laughs> things that I've learned from you Actually, was whenever you talked about how whenever the Lord really showed you that you were going to love and serve the other co-founder, mm-hmm. like because you guys are completely different, yeah, right? We yes. talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so many years ago, like um, No Boundaries was founded in two thousand six, but I've known Dr. Lori Basie, the other co-founder, since about two thousand, and I just um, like before before we founded No Boundaries, I really heard a very clear message from the Lord saying that you'll love her no matter what you'll love and serve her no matter what Mm -hmm. in the context of no boundaries of the ministry concept. And so, um, and so that was a, that was a a process and a journey for me because it read, it taught me like, what is love? And so done rightly, like done how Jesus would want us to love another person to serve them. It meant that like, not only do I serve her, but I like, there's going to be some times when she's going to just, she's not like, not her, just her, but anybody 
would do things that might be offensive or it might be challenging or I don't understand. And so it's that part of the love process is also a, like forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's also like um, thinking outside of my little bubble of, of what how I think. And so it may be that I need to open my brain to how she thinks or how another person thinks and receive that and be okay with it. And so there's a lot of little tiny aspects to what it is to love another person. But I still, through the process, I have to keep my eyes on Jesus. Jesus, I look to you first and, uh, and you know, I get, I receive the love from Christ of what, what he's saying about me. And then I, I can, you know, understand my identity in him. And then it's easier to love Dr. Lori, or it's easier to love that other person in front of me because I'm filled with that love. And then when something, you know, tweaky happens in the relationship, I can forgive and I can walk in that because as anybody knows, relationships can be hard, you know, they can be messy and they can be hard. And that's where the challenge is. And that's what Jesus wants us to enter into that challenge and to love the person rightly, Mm -hmm. like he would love them. And, you know, that involves faithfulness and being committed to the relationship and it involves forgiveness and it involves releasing offenses and forgive, you know, all these little aspects. Yeah. So uh, I learned I learned a lot from that. (laughs) (laughs) And it affects so many other relationships that I have. Yeah. And I think with you guys being so different, like what I'm hearing is that then like even when it's hard, like you can still choose Mm -hmm. to love. Yes. Mm. And And it is it is a choosing. It's not like the, you know, the warm, fuzzy feelings overtake me. You know what I mean? It's a choice. (laughs) And it's a choice. I'm going to choose to love you. And whether I say that verbally or not, you know, it's just, I know that I have to choose to love her or anybody that may be challenging me at the moment or disagreeing with me or, or whatever the relational thing is at the moment. So it is a choice, definitely a choice. Yeah. And that's where I think for, for societal standards, I mean, people say all the time, like, Oh, I fell in love with someone. But if you can fall mm-hmm. in love with someone, then you can fall out of love with them. Right. right. So like, even in, I mean, when you talk about covenant relationships or in marriage, like you and Ken, you're married, Dr. Tracy. Yes. Like you don't just say, you don't just wake up and be like, okay, I guess I'm going to fall out of love now if it was just a warm, fuzzy feeling. No, it's a, it has to be deeper than that. Because right. And what happens when the warm fuzzies leave, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, because he doesn't do everything I want him to do. Right. <laughs> I mean, thank goodness. Because yeah. we'd be in trouble probably a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but then you still get the opportunity to wake up and say, I'm going to choose every day yes, to wake up as you are my husband. And I'm going to choose every day to wake up and choose to love you. Yes. Like, that's a that's a powerful thing. Yeah. And because that's what God did for us. Right. Yes. He said, I see these humans that are literally hot messes mm-hmm. running around, kind of messing everything up. And he said, you know, no, 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 no. Actually, I'm going to choose to love them anyway. Yeah. I'm going to choose to serve them. I'm going to choose to lay down my life for them. Yes. And not shake us when we still fall. Right. And I think the power in that, so I think the power is that um, when we start looking at how Jesus has a covenant relationship with us, and so when we start seeing that he's never left me, yeah, he's mm-hmm. faithful. Because like human relationships, especially, you know, when you get 
longer, the longer you live on this earth and you have a few years behind you, I mean, you see the complexity and the difficultness that relationships can have, especially in American culture, where like, if you don't satisfy my needs, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yes. And so, and so if we can, like in our heart, redefine what a covenantal relationship mm-hmm. looks like and what a, a healthy God-centered relationship looks like from God, like you have to see it from God's perspective, like what he's done for us. He's, he's faithful to us every single day. Mm-hmm. He never once, he's never once told me or you or Dr. Tracy, like, that's it. I'm done with you. I'm out of here. Right. He's never once done that. No. And so one big moment in, in my life was um, uh, we were reading some book as a team and, and uh, we were just taking some moments to spend some time with Jesus. And I really heard Jesus say, I pick you. Kind of like the little kid on the baseball team, like that it was always the last ones to be chosen. Yeah. You know, that was me, the awkward one. And so <laughs> I heard from Jesus say, I pick you. And that, that was super powerful to me. In other words, he's never going to leave me. Right. And it's not just me. He says that to everybody. So we have to, like, if we can look at Jesus and, and what his, his commitment is to us and what that covenant relationship to us is, that's how he define. That's how he wants us to define relationships. And so, mm-hmm. if we can look at that and then try to 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 emulate that here on Earth, you know, with the people that we're really close with, it can it can be a game changer. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to be easy. Yeah, we still, like you said, we have to make choices, intentional choices toward that person. Um, that hey, I'm I'm not leaving you. You're you're acting a little squirrely at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still I am here and I'm not leaving you and I'm committed to you and I love you. So let's work this thing out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he picked us way before we ever picked him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then whenever we realize that, then we can respond to it. Right. And that's our like, if we're working with people just in hard situations, like what we're saying then, like, I don't care if it's the person who's stuck in human trafficking or the person experiencing homelessness, like that are, you know, that they might be struggling keeping relationships with us or with anyone But if we can say, man, I'm picking you before they're ever picking us, Mm -hmm. like that's just a little representation of what God has done in us. Mm -hmm. And it's out of that that we can do our something bigger Mm -hmm. that out of like, because he picked us first. Now I can go wherever I am and I can go ahead and pick others first, knowing that it's only that kind of love that penetrates hearts. Yeah. And to recognize like John 3, 17, that says he didn't come to the world to condemn the world, mm-hmm. right? but to save it. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to that. We have this imagination that he's just pointing his finger at us yeah, and he's, he's mad at, at us, always angry and disappointed and, mm-hmm. you know, but he knew what we were going to do and right. he still loves us. Yeah. And I love how then Jesus is going to be. He's the best example of love that there is. Mm -hmm. Like he is love. Not that he just had, like he is. That's what he has. Like all of it. And he's the best example of what it means and to really serve others out of that place of love. But I think it's important to look at that there's an order. Like he does it out of loving the father first. Like, Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why there's an order, because when you lay down your life before the Lord, you'll automatically start laying down your life for other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's how Jesus was able to endure the cross. Like, and I heard it said one time, it was like, no, no, no. Like people weren't Jesus's passion. 
the father was Jesus's passion. Mm -hmm. And that passion flowed down to people. Right. And that passion, people were impacted in crazy ways out of, out of what God was doing with father God. Like Jesus was looking at father God saying, you're my driving force. You're my passion. You're what I want. And naturally as a byproduct of that, People are going to be saved, healed, and delivered mm-hmm. forever, for for eternity. Like that's the byproduct of it. And I remember there was one time <laughs> I was out for a run, right? If you can just imagine, like I'm out for a run, I'm minding my own business, and I'm just like bopping, bopping around, bopping along to a song. And I really felt the Holy Spirit, and He was just like, Molly, you know, you say I love you a lot. And I was like, Well, yeah. Like, I have a lot of people that I love. Like, of course I say it. And I grew up in that kind of environment. Like, you always just, you say I love you. Like, that's just what it is. And there was a moment and he was like, well, instead of saying I love you, would you be willing to say to those same people, I choose to serve you and sacrifice of myself? Like, that, I would look at the people that I'm saying I love you to and instead say, I choose to serve you in a sacrificial way. And man, like that hits different. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I started looking at the people that I care about differently. And I was even thinking about how many times that I've even told Jesus, I love him. And I like, and I'm willing to say, Jesus, in response to what, what you've done for me, that I want to choose to lay down my life and serve you sacrificially as you have served me. And that kind of perspective change changes. I mean, it changes everything. And if we allow and follow the greatest commandment in our lives and in our hearts, then we'll automatically be thrust into doing something bigger and outside of ourselves. Because if I can sit there and say, man, in my prayer time, Instead of just saying, man, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I want more of you. I want to follow you. But just that little shift of, no, Jesus, what I'm really saying and and mean it in my heart of, I want to choose to serve you sacrificially as you have served me. Like, that, that's a big... <laughs> but I think, too, you're saying that as a love response. Yeah. In other words, you're not saying that to Jesus so that he'll love you more. No. <laughs> And no, some it's people, in so I mean, some people are like, they, I don't think they, some people are challenged by that in the sense that they think that if they do more, Jesus will love me more and I'll be more yes. accepted by him. And yeah. it doesn't work that way. Like, he loves you fully, like from, from the big, like the very start of it all, he loves you 100%. He can't, he's not going to love you more because, like, you're saying those sort of things right. or you're doing more or, you're doing more things for him and his king. Like he loves you anyway. So what you're doing is not out of a, a manipulative, like I want you to love me more thing. Right. You're doing it out of, out of like, I'm basically saying I'm, here's how I want to love you back. Yes. In that sense. And as a, a gift to him and he, and that's what he just totally loves. You know, he wants that kind of heart response. Right. And it has to be out of that place of relationship because if it's not, then we get in that place where we're just trying to do it all ourselves. But the beautiful thing, that's the beautiful thing about God is he's, he's transformative from the inside. Mm-hmm. And so it's him working in you and with you that 
changes your heart. Like we can only love because he first loved us. Right. And so it's all his anyway. Like all the love around the world is his. But but when we can get to the place where where it's like, man, even in just honesty before God of like, I'm really struggling with the person in front of me. Mm-hmm. I'm really, and don't say, I mean, you don't have to say that out loud. <laughs> you know, <laughs> highly don't recommend saying it out loud. But if you know that you're in an environment or that you're about to be with someone or meet with someone that you really do struggle with, mm-hmm. rather than in, man, well, I'm going to make sure that I love them really well then so that I can earn my place with right. God and so that he'll be so proud of me. Like he, he does, he's not going to move in that mm-hmm. because you, clearly you've got it all together and you don't need him. Right. But if you can actually, in humility, like come before the Lord and say, man, Jesus, I really want to love this person. And man, are they pushing my buttons? Man, are they the most irritating person I've ever met in my life? Man, do I really not like we just don't click? Mm -hmm. Like, will you help me? Will you change my heart? Mm-hmm. So and I think it's important to do to that, that because you need to have strategy with that. Right. Because, um, and this is a slight disclaimer at this point, but like what we're not saying is that that you, like a person should stay in some uh, abusive relationship or manipulative abusive relationship, Correct. whether it's physically abusive or emotionally abusive, those sort of things. And so um, what we're saying is God redefines what a healthy has redefined what a healthy relationship yes. is and and that sort of abuse and manipulation is not it right that's right. a violation of love yes yes actually and yeah. so you like you like you're saying I, like god show me how to serve and love that person that is meant in form uh, you know in a non-abusive non-manipulative sort of relationship. And it's, that's a, that's a good statement to say, Yeah, but it's also asking him for strategy, how to do it. How, what do you want me to do Jesus in this relationship? Right. right. And you're not asking him to change them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're asking <laughs> him to change you. To change you, you yeah. know, because it would be way easier if he would just change them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. But we want to see them for who he says they are. Yeah. That's good. And I think, too, trying to get back a little bit to the doing something bigger concept is that like if if the the question posed is, what are your dreams? Because that's how we kind of started the conversation. What are your big dreams if you're dreaming for God? And I think one kind of litmus test for that is that do you like does a person who may be listening to this, do you have hope? Like, mm-hmm. do you have hope for the future? Do you have dreams? And some people don't have those dreams because of relational difficulties, right. because they've been abused or they've been hurt and they like they're stuck in that or or they need help in that. They need to heal healing process yeah. with Jesus in that. And so I think one big question is to see if you, you know, your dreaming capabilities with God is, do you have hope? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you, if you don't have hope, there's there's something wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's a then that's just a that there's something in your life that he wants to heal. Yes. yes. And that where you still just need to receive mm-hmm. the fullness first of what and not in perfection. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like if there's no hope and then you try to go and dream with the Lord, like it's always oh, it's not going to work out because mm-hmm. you're just going to keep falling back and deeper and deeper into that place of despair. And and that's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know like when I was, I mean, I've had to walk out of 
things you know, like we all have. I mean, every no one's exempt from this. And mm-hmm. so I just want to make that clear. Like no one's exempt from receiving from the Lord because at the end of the day, we all fall short and we're all sinners. But and I just want to be clear also that we don't mean that we have to wait till we're perfect. Right. Because if we wait until we're perfect, no one's doing anything. <laughs> like we'd all just be sitting around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what people do. They think, well, I don't deserve to drink. I've done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so now I don't deserve to dream. I don't deserve, I haven't earned it. Ugh. Yeah. You know, I don't deserve hope because mm-hmm. of all these things. And, but again, it goes back to the cross and Jesus said, but I'm enough. Mm-hmm. I, I've already paid the price for all of it. Yeah. So because of what he's done, we can have hope. Yeah. And that's it. when we get start stuck in those I statements, oh. like I'm not good enough. I haven't done enough. I'm not healed enough. I don't know enough. Like then you're, whoa, you're totally <laughs> looking at the wrong thing. You're pretty eye focused. Right. Because now you're looking at you, but the Bible's not about you. Yeah. It's I about, mean, right. It's about what God can do. Right. It's not about what. And actually the Bible is a, has a lot of, stories about human failure and their need of God and about how God came in and stepped into that situation. Right. It's a story all about what God has done. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's a story about what Jesus has done, that the kingdom is here and the kingdom came in the form of a person. And that's the story of the Bible, you know, like, but we can get so caught up in ourselves. Like the number one thing that I think will keep us from doing something outside of ourselves is us. Yes. It's going to be when we're so focused on our own hurts, mm-hmm. our own traumas, our own sin. And I remember coming to <laughs> coming to no boundaries and I was just stuck in a, I was just stuck in a little place. <laughs> and I went to Dr. Lori and I was like, man, here's where I'm at. I just can't quite figure these things out. I just can't like blah, 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 blah. And she looked at me and she's like, sounds like you need to go do outreach with Michelle. And our outreach director. Yes, Michelle's our outreach director. And I was like, it kind of like shook me up for a second. You're like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> and I was like, what does that have to do with my hurt and my trauma and my whatever? And she was like, you know, Lori, she was like, just sounds like you need to go do outreach with Michelle. <laughs> And I didn't understand really what she was saying until I went and did it, mm-hmm. you know, and we go on outreach. And when you start to see other people and you're like, oh, and I just had this huge like moment. I was like, oh, what if everything's not about me? Right. <laughs> like, what a concept. <laughs> what if the earth doesn't revolve around me and how I was a revelation, wasn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. And how I'm feeling and my own hurts and my own traumas, because there's people out there that need hope mm-hmm. and that need the gospel. And that at the end of the day, then where I was at, like I've heard it. So can I receive it and then go do something with right. it? But if I'm sitting in my stuff, it's because I'm, it's, I'm choosing to not encounter Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to not surrender and let him do whatever he's going to do. You know what I mean? But as he's created us, we're all meant to do something bigger. We're all meant to do something outside of ourselves. So what do you guys think? Like you're in this, what's your something bigger? What drives you? I think for me, the the first thing that comes to mind, of course, it would be, um, no boundaries in Amarillo. Yeah. Because 
I can remember clearly when God said, this is what you're going to do with your life. You're going to quit your job and you're going to start this Amarillo base. And I thought, uh, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the first thing about that. Uh-huh. And uh, so you were having a Moses moment. I was definitely having a Moses <laughs> moment. I'm like, you got the wrong girl, but okay, let's do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I remember talking to a friend of mine and, and I said, I, I don't know anything about, about this. I don't remember. I don't know how to work with people in hard places. I don't know how to do adults. I don't know how to, you know, and I gave this long list of things I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her words were so simple, and it just goes right along with what we've been talking about. And she said, but you know how to love people, and that's really all he needs from you. I'm like, oh. Yep. Okay, well, let me just stop giving my long list of things, you know. Excuses. Excuses, and that's what it was. Mm -hmm. It seems a lot more simple, doesn't it, It, when it's put in that kind of context? Well, yeah, and then you're like, oh, well, that was silly. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Let's go. Yeah. You know, but... And then I think about just getting the opportunity to share with people and call out people's destiny and helping them to walk in that victory and have joy, not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances, you know, and to help Mm -hmm. them to see. And I love it when they catch it, you know, like it's just, it's just so fun. I always tell people, I wish I could take before and after pictures, you know? (laughs) Yes. But somehow I haven't figured out how to do that without, you know hurting their feelings. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, you were a mess before. Let me take a picture. <laughs> yeah. You know, like God's about to do something in your life that you just can't even imagine. So can I capture that? Right. <laughs> Somehow I think they'd frown on that. Yeah. Right. But that's definitely my something bigger is just to, just so he can use us beyond even what we can, like, like I think I can dream big and then, he says, no, no, watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my big dream just seems so little in comparison yeah. to his big dream for my life. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Mm-hmm. So Sandy, what about you? What's What drives you? What's your something bigger? I think my something bigger is kind of two things, but they're sort of the same at the same time. So uh, a lot of what No Boundaries does with our restoration, training, outreach is really meant to lead people to an encounter with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not supposed to be like, hey, here again, some more knowledge just for the sake of knowledge. It's it's like whether we do e-courses or whether we do like classes, like in-person classes or training or, and then also the outreach is a huge component, but it's meant to be as to lead a person into encounter with Christ that yeah. would change them from the inside out. Where like we had talked in some other podcasts about discovering, discovering Christ, discovering God. And that would change them from the inside out, which kind of goes with my dream of discipleship, that people would just discover who he is and, and have that hard encounter with them, uh, with Jesus, where it would change them from the inside out, they would see God in a whole new perspective in a, in a deeper way and, and experience him on a heart level. Yeah. And it's, so it's not like just like have more knowledge for the sake of knowledge, but it's yeah. really like, let's experience Jesus together. And mm-hmm. so to have that, that, that uh, way of interacting with Jesus on a relational level. And so I think, and I'm kind of going with Dr. Tracy on this is that like, I know like for myself, I don't, I don't dream big enough because Mm -hmm. God, 
is that we like we are in relationship with the supernatural God. Mm-hmm. I mean, He's the one that created the world we live in, and He created us, and and not just us, but I mean, really, there's billions of people, and He He knows these billions of people. He knows every single person's heart and what makes them tick, and so that's like. An exponential, that is a huge God on a thousand different levels. Like, I don't even have the right concept for him. And when you, like, you can read the, you know, Revelation 4, 5, like in the throne room sort of thing. I mean, he's a God that I I don't think we've, like, we just barely understand who he is. And so in the dreaming part, I know I don't, I'm with Tracy, I don't dream big enough. Mm Because he wants to radically encounter people. And it's not just the ones and the twos. I mean, he wants people, like the masses, to discover his love and his beauty and not just cause he's like, he's, you know, proud and arrogant and puffed up about himself. It's just that when we see that we change on the inside yeah. mm-hmm. and it's for our benefit and it's to, to bring us to, uh, to, to be the person he created us to be, yeah. to have the purpose he, he, that he wants us to do and to be. And so there's, you know, all of that is wrapped up in the encountering him. So that's, that's sort of my, yeah. My dream. But it's neat how it never goes like it's always bigger than what you think. Yes. And it's yeah. never like he doesn't just like Dr. Tracy, you were saying he was he doesn't just show you the picture way ahead of time. Like here's all the mm-hmm. things that you're gonna do. Like it's a gradual yes. thing that then he puts in you. And as you discover more of him in relationship and you discover more of what he created you for, then those dreams are able to really start to fall into place whenever it's in line with him. Mm -hmm. And whenever you're walking with him and talking with him. Mm -hmm. And that's, I know like, I'm, you know, I'm passionate and I love to dream. And like, sometimes it's dreams that are like, whoa, that's not, (laughs) can we, that's not, that's not from the Lord, Molly. That's a distraction. <laughs> but I know one in particular, like, um, I really have a heart to see people in the next, especially like the next generation of believers. So that's your dream. Yes. To walk, like not walk in all of the identity of mental health diagnoses yes. and to see them really set free and really established an identity. Like if there's anything that I could impart to anyone or if I can, as I grow in it and learn in it, like it's that, that I would could tell the next generation, the importance of getting your identity from Jesus and letting him meet you in that experiential way mm-hmm. and that he's real and wants relationship with mm-hmm. you. Like that's the thing that, that drives me and not, I mean, not just in the next generation, but people who, who battle with, with mental health things where there's, things that have been spoken spoken over them or where they're believing that they'll never be able to function or that they won't be able to do A, B, and C that might be actually the very thing God wants to do through them if they would surrender and meet him in it. Like, that's what I long to long to see. But I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I didn't know that that was my dream until after doing it for a second. Mm-hmm. And I remember, especially with, with the next generation, like... It started because I felt like I accidentally got sucked into taking a group to a conference <laughs> like that I never intended. I intended to take one. You intended to take your like your my niece. Yeah, your niece and 
You ended up getting a little crowd around and you. So I said, I was like, okay, yeah. Like my niece wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, of course I'll go with you. Like, that sounds great. It was this big conference that people gather from everywhere and they go and they meet with the Lord. Like that's the point. And it's for young adults and it's in Atlanta. And then out of that, like another girl and she was like, hey, like you're, you're taking a group of young adults to, to this conference. And I was like, no, I'm taking a young adult. <laughs> she's like, well, she's like, well, can I go? And I was like, well, okay, yeah, sure. Like, go, like you can, like, okay. And then next thing you know, then another one walked up and they're like, please, can can I go? Like, can I go with you? And here's the thing, like, I'll figure it out. And I, I was like, here's the thing, y'all. We have our plane tickets and we have where we're staying. So if you can <laughs> figure that out, then go ahead. She managed to get on the same flight there and back she managed to get in the hotel room and then we ended up getting a bigger hotel space so we could all stay together and then the day before that we go the day before we're leaving the lord places someone on my heart who i'd been walking with in relationship who's a young adult the same age as they are um for like six months and he's like what's it do you want to call and invite her and I was like, it's the day before we're leaving <laughs> and he's like well you have an extra ticket and we did have an extra ticket and I was like okay so I talk with her and I talk with her mom and they're like, yeah, we, yeah, she wants to go. And she happened to be off the exact four days that we would be traveling, like in a row, which had never happened before. Like it was very odd. She's like, I'm actually, I'm off those four days. Like, yeah, manages to get on the very same flight and we're sitting there and we go to the airport and none of them are saying anything to each other. Right. And I was like, this is weird. And I look around and I was like, oh. Cause none of them know each other. <laughs> and like, I, this, ha I just want to say like, I feel like I got tricked into it. Cause I'm like, if I would have thought all of this through, I would have said, no, They're like, do I want to take four strangers to a whole different city? Like when, if you know me, you know, I can barely get across the street with my GPS. <laughs> so like, it was just a huge crack up. And yet there I was in the middle of an airport with these four young adults, but man, like then when I said yes to that and I didn't realize everything I, involved. Right. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that in saying yes to that, that God was going to give me a heart for the next generation. Yeah. Because what happened on that trip when I'm standing there and there's 50,000 young adults worshiping the Lord and responding and I'm watching these four strangers share their deepest hurts and their deepest fears and suddenly they're quick friends because then eventually they would share their biggest victories with each other. Like when I got to be a part of that and there was a moment in the conference and I'm looking at them and I'm looking around the room and I was like, with these 50,000 people, like, this is what I was created for. I was created to facilitate watching people encounter God like this. And what came out of that moment that I realized, I was like, oh, this is a dream from God. Like, this is something. But I wouldn't have discovered that had I not just been open and willing to saying yes to the little steps in between. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you would have told me the three months before, hey, actually, this is what you're going to do. I would have been like, nah, don't. But I want think it. that's the same. I mean, the stories. I know they're different, like actors in the stories. They're different characters, but like Dr. Tracy and and what you're describing still have the same component of 
that Jesus invited you to that one thing, but he didn't like give you, um, you know, the 300 page manual that's described all the next steps and described right. everything that's going to involve into the end goal of, you know, for you is the being called to young people, mm-hmm. to young adults. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he, all he did was invite you on the next step. Right. And yes. even some of that was not even like, he didn't tell you, he told the person that is inviting themselves with you. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's speaking through them. And so, and I think that has to, I think that's a really common story I hear that we hear a lot of times with yes. when people start following Jesus that he didn't just give you the facts that listed all the steps. Yeah. Right. The 17,000 different steps into this goal or this, this dream that he's put in your heart. And so, you know, um, and I think that's why it's called a journey. Yeah. And so we're discovering Jesus along the way, but there's a trust process in there. Both of you had to trust mm-hmm. what he's telling you to do for the next step. Um, like for Dr. Tracy, there was a lot of, there was some fear you had to get over. Some, a lot. Yeah. And then, you know, for Molly, it was like, you want me to do what? You know what I mean? And there's also fear of like, you want me to take four young adults <laughs> and be responsible for them over. Like way outside your comfort zone. In a totally different city when yes. I'm directionally challenged and can barely <laughs> manage like getting my own self. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere. But that's what, but the, also the common thing was then when I came back and I was like, I think we're supposed to do like a little group or something with these girls. A weekly. Yeah, a weekly, a weekly meeting group, like yeah. a in discipleship and really walk some things out with them. And I remember and I was just I was crying like I was crying. I was talking to Dr. Lori and I was like, I'm not qualified. I was like, I don't have like I don't have any <laughs> seminary. I don't have any of the things like I've, I don't even know what I'm doing most of the time. And I said, but I do know like all I know is that I love them. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she was like, is there any, do you need anything else? Right. That's true. And it was in that, like, that's why I think this whole idea of having something bigger and loving people mm-hmm. and loving God correctly, like in relational response, that's, that's where your dreams come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when they're dropped in your spirit. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of how Dr. Tracy went right. from, uh, you know, working with little kids to working with tall little kids. Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the taller ones. Uh, that's how you went from children's pastor to in the strip clubs. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's an easy reach. I can see that transition. connection right in there, you know. <laughs> perfect transition. Why wouldn't I? Because it's love motivated. It's and then absolutely. with Sandy, that's your heart behind it. Like in all the discipleship and the trainings that you do for in, for encounter, like to lead people into encountering is because, you know, it's from that place of love. Mm-hmm. So in that place of I want them to be able to experience what I've experienced yeah. with the Lord. Yeah, that's true. Like, and that's what's going to motivate us. Right. And I think we we have to stop complicating it mm-hmm. and just recognize that if we love God and love people, mm-hmm. that's all he really asks. Yeah. But you know? doing it in that service mentality. Yes. Like, and not not thinking that we have to have it all figured out or not being, af- you know, we shouldn't be afraid to dream. Mm-hmm. But we think, well, if I miss it, then I failed. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not the, the fear is a thing that's a dream stopper. That's it for sure. Is. Yep. And so if we could just get past that and just dream with Jesus. And I think, too, I mean, you had mentioned it, and I think maybe... On a, on a 
on several different levels, we've all mentioned it, is that we all feel unqualified, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you are, you are unqualified. Well, let's <laughs> yeah, just, right. Let's yeah. just put it on the table, okay? You're really unqualified. <laughs> yes. As a person. Uh-huh. But when you get connected with the creator of the universe and you're listening to him and you're, you know, you're going with the next step and you're trusting him in that process, well, then you are qualified. Yeah. Yes. Because it's not you that's being, makes you qualified. It's because of your connection and relationship with Christ that makes you qualified. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's the one who qualifies. And that's when that scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who mm-hmm. strengthens me for those who believe. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's when it comes into play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not that we can go play in the street. Right. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. But when we are following him at that level, yeah, and we're listening to him, and we're we're dreaming with him, and we're finding joy in all circumstances, mm-hmm. we really can do anything because of him in us. Yeah, and it all started in response to wherever we were with what we had. Yes, like you didn't suddenly, like Doctor Trace, you didn't suddenly like so you get this picture and you're gonna go blah 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 start an organization like. It's you were doing what was right in front of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're doing what was in your hand in the moment. And then yes. you watched, you offered that back up to the Lord and then he gave it back to you Yes, mm-hmm. and just kept showing the new steps. Sandy, you're over an entire organization that has more than one location. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Do you know what I mean? But I, and I think that's for Dr. Lori and I, as the co-founders, that's one thing that we started off with like back in 2006 is, we really hung under the the story about Moses, and God asked him, "What's in your hand?" And that was his his shepherd's staff. In other words, like like start with where you're at. Yes. Yeah. And that's and I think that that's where we started, and that's where we encourage people to start. Is you just start where we're at, where you're at, you know. Yeah. And God God takes that and shows you the next step, and the next step, and the next step. And that's what He asked the disciples when they fed the five thousand. Is he said, well, what, what, do, you got? what do you have? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we have how many loaves? Five. Five. And how many and fishes? Two fish. And two fish. But he's like, that's what he asked them first. Well, yeah. what do you have? What do you have? And then when Jesus gets involved, then that's what, he's the one that multiplies it. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that shows off. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where it's fun to dream with him. It doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. It can be, well, here's what I have and here's what I know. And so yes. what do you want to do with that, God? And I think, too, that some people get hung up on the why, mm. whether that's a, a why of something in the past. Why did you do blah, 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 or, or you know, or the why of what you're telling me to do. Um, and people get stuck in that. Mm. And so, you know, like... Even us, we've been walking a, a bit with Christ, how many number of years we represent, but like we just don't have the answers to everything, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, I like I, I keep going back to the fact that we're working with the creator of the universe. <laughs> and so I don't think that we have the mind capacity as brilliantly as he made us. And he made our, like Dr. Laurie would say, the mind is the most complex thing in the universe, as brilliantly as he made us. I think we we just don't have the capacity to understand some of the things he does. Yeah. He he works way above us a lot mm-hmm. of times and it's not and I'm not saying that in like hey just give it up give up because you won't understand. I'm just saying that there's going to be some times where we just flat out have to trust him. Yeah. without understanding the why. Yeah. And hearing that voice 
that still small voice in us or the direction that you we feel like he's giving us and we have to go with that. That's so and good. He's not he's not always going to under he's not going to give you the why a lot of times. I mm-hmm. mean sometimes he will, but sometimes he won't. And we have to trust him in that process and part of that is he just thinks way bigger than us mm-hmm. and we may not have the capacity to understand. But don't you think that's where faith comes in? Yes. I mean if if that's we what, understood, we we wouldn't need faith. And and I think for me there's like the Yeah. And like, there's a little bit of mystery in the Christian circles about what is faith? What's a working definition yeah. of faith? And I, this is just me, but I just really feel like faith is trusting him. Yes. Yeah. If you, let's just make this simple. Like, are you going to trust him or not? Yes. Mm-hmm. With everything, even when we don't understand. Yeah. Especially when we don't understand. Right? Like, if we knew it all, we wouldn't need to consult with him mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have to... Like when we have to trust him with something that we don't know, that's what strengthens the relationship. Mm -hmm. Because whenever we see that he's good and we see that like that he keeps showing up and that he keeps being faithful to us, that strengthens our relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's stemming back to the very beginning of this whole mini series is that's what he wants. Yeah. Like that's what we're meant for. And so everything coming out of that, even our dreams, it's all, it's going to be something that, that we have to rely on him for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like if we're not at a place where we're dreaming where he has to show up or he's going to have to strengthen something in us, mm-hmm. then it's not big enough yeah, then it's, right. or it's not from him. Yes. Like, right. Because it's always going to require partnership. Yeah. But what if he asks you, like in that dreaming process, he asks you to do something you've never experienced? Yeah. Do it. What do you mean? Well, because I think some, I think a lot of people like, um, because like, let's just say that, that they've never experienced God healing a person. Like they've never seen that in their life or they've Mm -hmm. never heard about it, but he speaks to you or gives you the opportunity, the invitation to like help somebody heal or, you know, to be healed. Mm -hmm. And so just because we haven't experienced it doesn't mean he can't do it. Just right. because we haven't witnessed it doesn't mean it can't do it. And it, but I, I do want to say that, like, it has to. We have to understand Jesus through the context of of the Bible, like what the general, mm-hmm. the big picture of what he, who he says he is, and what he says he, he has done. Even yeah. in the New Testament, when Jesus did all these different things, but it it doesn't stop because we have or have not experienced something. Right. right. The truth of who he is and what he does. Is, is in the Bible, and it the truth doesn't change because we haven't experienced that one thing, yes. or yeah. you know what I mean. And so I just I just want to challenge people that he he may he might be way bigger than you, you know. Yeah, and your experiences <laughs> and your life story. You mean yeah. it's not about us again? Oh yeah, there is that. Yeah, hmm. there is that. That right, and that hmm. he doesn't owe us. He doesn't owe us a thousand explanations. No, but people will get like I know. The, a lot of things that keep people from from dreaming mm-hmm. with the Lord is either like fear. How I like how you said that, Sandy. Like fear stops our creativity, mm-hmm. yeah, it really does, and it stops us from dreaming with God mm-hmm. because we become so immobilized in the fear, and that's why perfect love has to cast out fear because it it's the opposite. Because fear is yeah. the opposite of perfect love. Yes. Yeah, it's not a it's not in the kingdom, right? It's not in in Jesus's world, and the two things can't exist together. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's why you need that experiential of experience encounter him, with him, mm-hmm. yes, with the perfect love to be able to move forward. 
and recognize he really wants that relationship. Yeah. He didn't just give us his word and was finished. Right. You know, that it's okay for us to have a relationship. He Mm -hmm. wants that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's so good. So as we wrap up today and not even just today's session, but like we're wrapping up the entire mini series. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you guys want to say or add to or encourage? I just want to encourage people to just not be afraid Mm -hmm. to have that relationship, to, to spend time with Jesus. And the whole not being afraid is the number one exhortation in the Bible. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't Don't be be afraid. Don't be afraid. And he knew we were going to struggle with it. That's why he put it in there so many times. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's why he says like, in the time that I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. Yes. Like, cause he's not like, he knows that that's going to be the struggle, but it's what you do with it. Yeah. That's, that's That's really important. What that's what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Like when I am afraid, then I will choose to trust in the Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what gets us unafraid. (laughs) And that's, or you do it anyway. Yeah. You do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be my biggest thing is don't be afraid. That's good. You know, it's okay if you, if you miss it. Yeah. Try again tomorrow. Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting because in, in Jeremiah, you know, uh, there's the verse that everybody, um, hangs on their walls. Yeah. Yes. That puts on their walls about the hopes, <laughs> the, that God has plans for us uh-huh. for a, a hope and a future. But the word plans is plural. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? It's not like, because I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I don't know what uh, God wants me to do in my life. In other words, like the question is the one path, the yeah. one one thing. And so they get hung up on that. They're, I'm going to miss it. And then, uh, you know, I'll be outside of his will and he won't love me. And, you know, I mean, it's like this way deep rabbit hole they go down. And, mm-hmm. and so, but in that verse in Jeremiah, it's the, it's plural. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think like, I don't know how it works. I, I can't describe it, but like, I think that, that, uh, that Jesus knows the possibilities in our lives. Like mm-hmm. he knows when we might miss it. And yes. so let's, so he'll, he'll figure out some other little way in that when you go off the beaten path a little bit to give you, you know, to get you back on the path or he redesigns it or give, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? He's not shocked. He's not shocked by it, but I think he makes, I think it's, it's not, I, it's not that he says, I have this plan mm-hmm. singular for you. I have plans. So I think he gives you a purpose and there may be different, there may be a whole bunch of different ways to get to that purpose. Yeah. Because you're a person and you have choices. Yeah. And he doesn't give up on us. Yes, that's right. Right. That's true. Cause the not giving up, is the why there's mm-hmm. the plural plans. Yeah. 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 That's really good. So do you have anything else that you need to wrap up this? No, is that pretty much it? Mic drop. Oh, that's the, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then here's what I'm hearing. You guys are out of relationship of the things that we've covered over this mini series that, that out of the relationship with our creator, of the universe, as Sandy said about a thousand times, to let that reality sink in that we have relationship with the one and the only one who truly knows everything about us. And that as we walk in relationship with him, that we'll begin to discover things about him and about ourselves. And as we know him, we know ourselves. And as we know ourselves, we know him. 
and we get to walk out what it means to really to really dive into what we're passionate about and to think about the things that that recharge us and the things that just absolutely drain us and we start to think about the things that the dreams that he placed inside of us before the foundations of the earth were even set forth into motion and that as we start to walk in the fullness of our identity that's all this is you guys is that we're just getting to know who we truly are in Christ who he truly designed us to be and what he truly designed us to do, that he gave each of us a unique purpose to fit within the body of Christ to accomplish the one goal of advancing the gospel so that people would know him and be able to be with him for all of eternity. But that new life starts right here, right now. That eternity isn't something that we get to when we die, but eternity starts now. And when we accept him and we know him as our savior, everything changes. Everything changes. And so I just want us to take a minute and just ask Jesus a few questions when it comes to dreaming with him. So if you're just in a place, if you can just step away and just ask him, Lord, how did you create me? What dreams did you place inside of me? Is there a passion or an injustice that I keep seeing and that there's something that you're asking me to to do about it? And then I want you to look at what's in your hands. What's in front of you? What do you have? And then ask Jesus, is there something that I can do today? Is there something I can do tomorrow to keep this thing stirred and that Jesus, that I would find rest in you Lord, that you would help me. And I just want to encourage you then to be honest before the Lord in everything that you do about where you are, about your fears, about what you believe is hindering you. And then let him do what only he can do. So Jesus, we just thank you for these listeners Jesus, we thank you for what you've done in each of us, in in Dr. Tracy and Sandy and myself. Lord, we thank you that you're big. We thank you that you give us dreams, that you give us visions. We thank you that we're called to do something outside of us. Lord, we ask that you would help us. Will you help us love you more? Will you help us get a better concept of what it means to even be loved by you, to be loved by the Creator? And then Jesus, will you help us to offer our lives back up to you, that we just say that we surrender now, that we invite you in, we invite you into every area of our lives, that you would take over. We declare that you are Lord of our lives, that you're King of our lives. And Jesus, in response, we just say yes. We give you our yes to whatever it looks like. Lord, we love you and we bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So thank you guys for listening. Again, this has been a mini series out of Dr. Tracy's devotional that you'll be able to find on what, Sandy, one of our platforms? Yeah. So I'll put them in the show notes. Um, okay. Or, and it should be seen on all the platforms. Yes. Awesome. So until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.